All right, good morning. How's everyone doing? It's good to be here. Are you guys awake? Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, if you don't have your handouts, we got people handing out handouts. Just raise your hand and uh, we'll give you one. <clears throat> okay, I, I thought, you know, because uh, I didn't do this on the first service because uh, we ran out of time on baptism, but I get to just share a bit uh, about uh, kind of uh, what God is doing in our life uh, in, in terms of... Um, Vietnam, and so uh, we just officially started our deputation uh, for um, Vietnam. So praise the Lord. So, uh, so we traveled to um, Georgia uh, to Oakland Heights Baptist uh, Church, and then after that we went to Decatur, Alabama. Uh, so a lot of driving, but my goodness, uh, it was worth it. Uh, it was so good. Uh, the people there really uh, know how to love on us. I mean, we thought we're going to go there and, and they'll put me to work. Man, they, they hardly did that. And uh, we felt so refreshed. And my goodness, the last night, I mean, in Decatur, I mean, they did a whole pre-Christmas thing uh, for us, uh, for all the missionaries. And uh, man, they had, they had a box on the front and everyone came and made a love offering uh, to all the missionaries. I mean, uh, just so good. Uh, it reminds me of um, uh, KCBT days, the World Outreach Conference. My goodness, they just made a big, big deal uh, for for missionaries. So we're just so glad. We're just like we're just starting off. We're not <laughs> there yet, but we got to enjoy uh, all of that. So next uh, next slide. I just want to show you this slide, uh, just kind of uh, as an update from the last time we went to Vietnam. So this is the fifth trip. Uh, that I have taken to go to Vietnam. And this time, uh, Pastor Sam uh, went with us. We did a, uh, a discipleship conference. This is the second time uh, we did it. The first time I did it kind of with kind of two churches and just as a, a test. And, and then when uh, the pastor found out uh, what discipleship really, really, really was, uh, his answer uh, was, uh, it is a lot of work. I mean, you know, and so, uh, so he, he wasn't up for it. You know, he was like, man, that's a lot of work, you know. So his, his idea of discipleship was Bible study. You know, everyone get a boat, everyone talk about discipleship, but not really having a Paul or a Timothy in your life. And you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that. And so uh, we did again this time with, you know, 40, 50 pastors and, and, and leaders that came to the discipleship conference and Sam and I got to tag team and preach uh, there, uh, but what we have found, I mean, it was a good time, and, uh, but it was still, the conclusion was still, it was very hard uh, to put new wine on old skin, okay? Uh, I, I don't know what, you, you know what I mean by that, but, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to teach an, an old dog. Uh, I hate to refer <laughs> people to dogs, but, but you know what I mean, like new tricks, right? It's just very hard. Uh, to explain that DNA of discipleship to churches who have never done before. And so the, uh, the way we're trusting the Lord is go and export this DNA, right, that God has given us uh, to the country of Vietnam. And then from there, whatever the Lord wants to, uh, to do with that. Next, next slide. And so, I, you know, I want to just uh, ask for prayer requests. You know, people know that we are going, but sometimes... Uh, we forget that there's a team that's going with us. And so there's a launch team, uh, you know, Mankit, Fong, uh, Jisoo, Jessica, you know, Taylor, Abishai, and Simon. These are the launch team, you know, people, if you will. Uh, but we'll see. I, I always say, you know, let's see who gets on the plane. You know, that will be really the launch team, if you will. Uh, but please pray for these people. These are really the unsung heroes, if you will, who is also willing to uproot what they're doing uh, here and uh, to sacrifice, to go to a country, uh, to make disciples, you know. And then the, the bottom right, too, is uh, <clears throat> Elijah and, and Larry, you know. So they are probably wave two because they have a, they have a, a girlfriend, you know, going on. So uh, that has to kind of happen first uh, before they can come. And so as someone says, you know, the, the honey is really sweet. It's hard to... Uh, to, to, to move on, right, so from that, so uh, pray for them, that that all works out, and they can also come on wave two, okay, uh, so let's, uh, let's jump into uh, the message for, for today, 
so today I want to talk about worship. I want to talk about worship, and specifically seven principles of biblical worship. Okay, so if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 22. Genesis 22 is where we're going to be, uh, and if you ever studied Genesis 22, you know that the word worship is first found in Genesis 22, right? And so where you find the first mention, uh, God uh, used that word and, and expound on that uh, word uh, in the first mention, and it's used consistently throughout the Bible. And so we're going to try to get insights uh, from the story in Genesis 22, and so the question is, is also, uh, why is it important uh, to learn about worship, or in this case, biblical worship? And I say that because sometimes people mistaken worship with other things, right? Sometimes when we think of worship, uh, we think about, you know, our hands raised and singing your lungs out, and that's like worship, and that can be a form of praise to God, and we see that in the Scripture, that's that's good, you know. And then we also see worship in the scripture where we see there is a prostrating yourself on the ground, you know, you're bowing down, and we see that being used in scripture too, and that's consistent too. But when we study Genesis 22, we see worship is a lot more than those things. Uh, in fact, uh, it was everything. Uh, it was a, a, a ask of surrender for everything. And so we're going to see that Genesis 22 uh, is where Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son, his only begotten son, if you will, that God has given him. And yet now God is saying, can I have him back, if you will? God is asking him to sacrifice his only son. And that picture, of course, we know is one of the best picture of the dress rehearsal, right? This Genesis 22 is the best dress rehearsal uh, of what God did with his only son, Jesus Christ, isn't it? When you look at it, the parallel is very, very clear. And then, of course, uh, we do that because we want Joe Kilgore uh, to get, you know, uh, you know, he's saying it's too long to finish up Genesis. So I'm fast forwarding Genesis 22 so that Joe uh, can catch up on on that okay so okay so so we see also from john 424 right that we see worship is specific okay worship is not loosey-goosey so let me read john 424 for you god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Okay, because the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And so we're going to see in this passage too that, that worship is initiated by God. It's initiated by God. So it's Spirit-led. Just like today, the Holy Spirit is guiding us to worship God, to, to you know, surrender even more to God day on a daily basis. We see that it's also based on truth. Okay, so worship is based on truth not just whatever we think, you know, worshiping God is, is based on the Word of God. We see in the Gospels that uh, when Jesus fed the multitudes and they got fed and they're like, oh man, this is awesome, you know? And so what did they do? They say, hey, let's make him king. Do you remember that passage in Mark, right? Let's make him king because he fed us, we're happy. And so let's make our own version of what Jesus should be, right? And... Uh, can I say that sometimes we do that, right? We can make our own version of what Jesus is and, and therefore we worship him wrongly and Jesus didn't want to participate in that, right? Jesus wants us to participate in worship, right? In spirit, he's led by the spirit, but also in truth, okay? So um, Genesis 22, okay? So let me just set up the context here. Abraham he, uh, here is more than a hundred plus years old, okay? So uh, he has been walking with God for at least 40 plus years, depending how you put Isaac's ages, okay? We don't know exactly. There is different speculation, but we do know that Isaac understands sacrifice, okay? From verse uh, 6 of Genesis 22. We also know that Isaac is old enough to carry the wood, okay, to the mountain. I mean, that's, 
That's not easy, by the way. So he's at least, at least at minimal, a teenager. Okay, a teenager at least, at minimal a teenager. Some people put him at the age of 33 because that lines up with the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ on his sacrifice. So whatever it is, my point to you is that Abraham has walked with God for a number of years. And so God didn't just ask him to do this on a random basis. God has prepared him for this time. Okay, and so my, my, my first point here is worship, okay, begins with God inviting us to a series of examination. Worship begins with God inviting us to a series of examination. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, we want to acknowledge your presence. Lord, I pray that your spirit will speak to us, will convict us where we need to be convicted. And uh, Lord, that you, you give us a good time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So worship begins with God inviting us to a series of examination. We see that God did tempt Abraham. Right? But not the way we think uh, tempting is, because when we think of temptation, we think of it as a bad thing, right? But here, the word test is more, I just gave it away. <laughs> Tem is more of testing, right? Not to evil, right? But for, for, for proving Abraham, right? For, for growth, right? Not because God wants to give him a hard time, Right? But God wants to grow just like a good parent would give challenges right, to, to their kids, right? the appropriate challenges to their kids in order that they would grow. Does that make sense? Right? So I, don't, I want you know, my four-year-old to learn how to swim. Uh, man, I, I, I kind of take her through step by step. I, do, I don't just throw her on the deep end. Right? Uh, I, but I, I think someone does that. I think there's a... I heard people do that. You just throw a baby on the deep end, and it'll, it'll work. But uh, my wife won't allow me to do that, okay? But just not to spoil the illustration, but you know what I mean, right? Appropriate challenges because you want people to grow, and that's what God's doing, okay? Uh, and James 1, 13 and 14 say, Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lusts, and entice. And so God doesn't tempt uh, us with evil, right? When God tempts us, is to test us, right? So that we can grow in our faith. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You see? God is very protective. He's a good father. And he knows how to give the appropriate opportunities of testing so that we can all grow. You know, I can't help but I listen to the, the podcast uh, of, of Kenny talking about raising children, and that's the same thing, right? Having discernment, what to do in terms of giving opportunities for your kids uh, to grow, but not giving them too much that they can't bear it. And God is a, the perfect father who knows how to do that. And God is constantly inviting us, right, to grow in faith, right? And the, one of the ways to do that is to give tests to us, giving us tests, okay? So key point number one is understand God uses tests and our trials to conform us to His image. God uses tests and our trials to conform us to His image, Genesis 22, verse 2, we see that the Abraham, well, 1 and 2, uh, that Abraham respond to that, that, that test. He respond to the test. So for us, right, God initiates worship, right, by inviting us for the test. For us, worship begins with us giving attention to God's voice. Okay? You get that? Worship begins with us giving attention to God's voice. Look at what Abraham do. He said, Behold, 
here I am. Isn't it amazing? Behold, here I am. God is like, hey, Abraham, behold, here I am. Abraham knew how to listen to God's voice, right? Abraham heard God's voice and immediately responded to him, here I am. Attention, key word is attention. Unfortunately, right, many times God has a hard time getting our attention, right? God has a hard time getting our attention for many reasons, okay? But one of the reasons I would suggest to us is because of our busyness with many things, right? Even with ministry. And I can't think about a better example than in Luke 10, 39, right? The story of Mary and Martha. You, are you familiar with that story, right? Mary and Martha, very uh, popular story, kind of illustrate this point very well about attention, right? Because both of them invited Jesus to their house and one was willing and ready to give attention to God, sitting by Jesus' feet. And Jesus said, hey, Mary has chosen the good thing, right? Martha, although was helpful, but was cumbered with many things, right? And so she was like doing everything that was, you know, helpful, but she missed the biggest thing. You know, the, the, sometimes the good things uh, can take away the best things. Does that make sense? Even ministry can take away the best thing, and the one thing that God wants is our attention. It's our attention. He wants our attention. He wants to speak to us, and we say, Behold, here I am. You know, wow, you know, and uh, again, it doesn't help when we have our smartphone. I, I would say it's dumb phone, right? Uh, because, man, it, doesn't it take away uh, a lot of time and attention from God, right? Especially now that we have used the phone for Bible, and so we wake up, alarm, and then the first thing we do is always, you know, some sort of social media and everything, and then one thing leads to another, just because the nature of how social media works is to to have you click on the next thing, isn't it? I mean, we got very smart people in Silicon Valley designing that, you know, so that they can grab your attention. And God has to compete with that, you know? So, so key point number two is we must commit to being attentive to God's voice. We must commit to that. We must remember, yes, God is a spirit, but he's also a person with personality, with feelings, Right? So imagine you going on a coffee date with someone, whether it's a friend or you know, a significant other, and that person that you're going to coffee with or lunch with, they're not present. They're not present. They're thinking of everything else, but you're not communicating at all. Does that, okay, am I making sense here? <laughs> right? So, so, how do we commit to being attentive to God's voice? I would suggest two things, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Is to acknowledge Him in all our ways, right? Acknowledge Him in all our ways that He's present. He's present. Any time of the day, we can acknowledge God in all our ways. God, what do you want me to do? You know, Nehemiah was very good at this. You know, when he get cornered into position of stress, he's like, uh, God, I pray, what, what do I say back, you know? And then immediately he had an answer, right? He's acknowledging God in all his ways. The second thing I would say is to fight for that quality time. Fight for that quality time, you know? Uh, my wife, Rachel, would tell me, man, you, you're here, but it's not quality time because you're thinking of other stuff, right? Uh, married man, do you, do you relate to me? Yeah, sometimes uh, I got to make sure that I'm so intentional uh, in, in spending quality time that I can give attention to my wife in the same way that God wants that full attention from us, not half awake, right, but fully awake, fully present, uh, fully excited, right, anticipating that God is going to say something so that we can say, behold, here I am. Behold, here I am. Then, and that's the first thing. Let's look at Genesis uh, 22, verse 2. Uh, so this is Abraham responding. Uh, sorry, this is God asking what that instruction is. By the way, 
if we don't give attention, we miss the instruction. You get that? If we don't give the attention, we miss the, the, the instruction. And so here, Abraham is getting the instruction. And he said, this is God, saying, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Okay, so, wow. Crazy ass, isn't it? Crazy ass uh, for, for God to ask Abraham to do that. Okay, but yet we see that Abraham submitted to God very quickly. So worship continues with our submission to God's instruction. We see worship continues with our submission to God's instruction. And so you see that this is a tall order, right? From a scale to one to ten, how, how, how would you rate this ass? Okay, I would say like 50 over 10. Oh, my goodness, that's like the hardest thing to ask Abraham to sacrifice his only begotten son, and that was the thing that God has already promised him. Why are you taking it back, God? Why are you doing that to me? Right? Uh, now, we don't see these discussions going on between verse uh, 2 and 3. We don't see that. We see that Abraham submitted very quickly. Verse 3 says that Abraham rose up early in the morning. Rose up early in the morning and he was getting ready to do what God has told him. He was swift, right? Because delayed obedience is what? Is disobedience, right? Is disobedient. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Living a life without God, right, in obedience to God, is a recipe for the most miserable life ever on earth. Do you believe that? Okay? Living a life that's not submitted to God would be a life that is most, most miserable. And I can't think of a better example than in Numbers uh, 13 and 14, if you know the story, is when the children of Israel had the opportunity to go to the promised land in spite of everything they have done that was so bad. God says, hey, because of Moses, otherwise I would have thrown you guys away, Moses intercede for them. And they had a real shot at slaying giants, doing the impossible, right? And eating honey and all that good stuff. Like, wow, and what a life that would be. Like, wouldn't you like, like to live a life where you can't explain it and God is hand and blessing is all over and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just on the, on the ride. I'm just on the journey, right? But you know that story, you know, the spies that went there, you know, not, you know, most of them came back and said, oh man, no way, no way, Jose, right? Can't do it. They brought back an evil report and then caused everyone to want to throw stones at Moses and they want to make captains and go back to where? Egypt, right? A place of carnality, again, that God has rescued them from and they say, hey, let's go back. And so disobedience, and the point here is delayed obedience because in Numbers 14, when they realized their error, it was too late. Do you know that story? I, I, when I see that, I'm like, God, let not be, that be me. Right? I don't want to miss the boat. Right? Because they say, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, yeah, yeah, I repent. Yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. And Moses is like, oh, no. No, you, you disobeyed. You know, you crossed the line. You crossed the line. It's too late, guys. And then what they have to do? the next years and years and years until all of them, except the next generation, has to what? Die in the wilderness. See that picture? Right? That picture is a picture of living a life that is not submitted to God. You see that? Right? And so, guys, man, we got to take heed and we got to take the example of uh, Abraham here that he's a guy that's quick to obey, quick to submit, 
You guys with me? Yeah? Okay. All right. So key point number three is we must be swift to obey even when it is difficult. We must be swift to obey even when it is difficult, right? Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 17 says, For a like affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, right? So yeah, yeah, there's going to be some, some, some affliction, you know, some pain, some trials, but you know, in submitting, it will cost you something. But in the end, the Bible says it's worth it. It's worth it. Okay, question is, do we believe it? Right? Do we believe it? That's the question. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But do we actually believe that? Right? So key question for us, uh, we have to consider what God is asking you today, right? Today, like right now, what God is asking you, is there an area in your life that you have not submitted to God right now, right? And today is the day that you can do that, right? Even, even as I'm preaching, man, you can do that. You can do that after service. The altar is going to be open. You can speak to someone. You, you should speak to your pastor, your lead, ministry leader, and so on. But let's not delay, right? If we have something that we haven't submitted to God to, right, my challenge for us today is let's do that today, okay? So let's move on. Verse 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Okay, so... Worship involves preparation. Worship involves preparation as it takes planning, effort, and the help of others. Okay? So worship involves preparation. Uh, we see that, right? You know, uh, uh, Abraham saddled his ass, so he's getting his transportation ready. Right? That's needed to worship. He took two of his young men with him, okay, so that's more help. Uh, do you need help? I mean, I need help, you know, to go to Vietnam. I'm like, God, I can't do this. And like, hey, let me send you a couple, couple men and ladies to come help. I, I need that. Another application we can think about is accountability, right? Don't we all need accountability? Don't we need someone to speak into our life? Don't we need someone that can say hard things uh, to us, right? We need other people. We see that picture there that Abraham needed the help. He needed help to go to Mount Moriah, right? Just as us, we need help uh, to do that, to worship God this morning, right? Um, and, uh, and, and he rose up early in the morning, right? He, he rose up early in the morning. Uh, means maybe there's a good chance that he went to bed early. You know, so that's just speculation. But don't we need to prepare as we come on Sundays, right? Uh, uh, it's so important that we prepare, right, to come to Sunday uh, in uh, inner man, uh, but also to go to bed early, if you, if, you, if you think about it, right? Those who go to bed late, uh oh, I'm seeing faces of guilt now, <laughs> right? And uh, so, so you come in the morning, what happened? You're like, uh, you know, and, and, and you can't, Concentrate, right? You, you didn't prepare. So, you know, you're going to miss out because you're like, oh, da, 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 da. God has something for you and you didn't prepare and like, you couldn't hear it. And so you can't worship God because you didn't get the instruction. And so, you see, worship involves preparation. Involves preparation, involves a sacrifice. And in this case, it was Isaac. For us, you know, God always, right, would not, despise a broken and contrite spirit. Psalm 51, 17. He would not despise a broken and contrite spirit. You know, that's the, the, the sacrifice we can bring every time we open the Word of God, right? Are we broken and contrite to allow God to speak into our life? That requires preparation. That requires a lot of prayer, right? 
in order for us to come to a place where like the way I you know think about stuff and life and missions and marriage and ministry I just cannot do it you know you know you know what I'm saying like I cannot do it I just cannot persuade people I just cannot disciple people I can't do it I can't sacrifice the level in which God is asking me to sacrifice I cannot do it and that's when God can speak to you right that preparation of the heart and uh, so we see that Isaac represented that it was everything and I tell you Abraham would not be able to do that in the carnal mind in the carnal heart <laughs> he would not be able to do that but you know Abraham was able to do that because he was walking with the Lord he trusts the Lord and look at also how wise Abraham is uh, notice that Abraham didn't tell the wife okay so married couples you know there's wisdom there right some stuff man you just you just don't tell the wife right you tell the wife you're like my babies and you're like no way right and so Abraham had wisdom as well like man he didn't have to consult God already said it I'm good let's go right uh, don't, don't need more drama right and uh, so so um, so the journey took three days right and and therefore they had to plan everything that that's needed and so uh, so my question is what are you trusting God for right and if you know what that answer is the next question would be how are you preparing for it right if you're trusting God for something and God has already given you for something to trust for then you have to prepare for that does that make sense you have to prepare for the thing that God has asked you to do in your life okay so with Midtown I'm so glad that we have a clear path of growth we have a clear path of growth right we don't have to second guess uh, you know we have of course salvation and baptism and then costs of discipleship then D1 then D2 then LFBI isn't that cool I mean I'm just so thankful to the leadership of of this church that there is a clear path of growth that we can know okay this is where I'm at boom you know maybe I need to do D1 again because I didn't get it you know the first time around maybe I need to do D2 again whatever that is right there's a clear path of growth and all those things are part of that preparation part of the preparation in which we can learn more about God and learn how to surrender more to him and ultimately to worship him okay so key point number four if we do not plan and prepare we plan to fail right if we do not plan and prepare uh, we plan to fail and so there is a lot of preparation that takes place especially for us going uh, to to Vietnam I didn't realize there's a lot to do a lot of personal things a lot just so many things even your notes you know taken 20 years ago you have to dis, you know you have to scan those in you're like you, you can't bring folders on upon fold I mean there are I mean anyway so lots to do and you accumulate a lot of stuff uh, in in the US I don't know you know about you guys but uh, we like garage sales you know so uh, that's a confession and uh, so now we have to get rid of stuff you know part of the preparation part of the preparation so let's read um, uh, Genesis 22 verse 4 to 8 then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said unto his young man abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering and Abraham said my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they went both of them together okay so one of the things that uh, you know as you read this passage one of the things that uh, shocks me is is how calm this journey is how calm this interaction is 
Do you see that? Right? No? How calm it is between this interaction between Abraham and his son Isaac. Because, guys, if you think about this, this is panic time. This is anxiety time. Do you see that? It's one thing to say, yes, God, but now you're actually doing the thing, right? But we don't see that. We don't see that in this passage. There is calmness. There's peace. It's as if they're walking in the Spirit, right? There is this calmness, like, you know, it's not whether you get there to a destination. It's, it's kind of how you get there. Right? It's how we actually get there. They're not doing it like, ah, you know, like, ah, you know, quarreling with each other. Like, oh, what, Dad, why don't you do it? Why don't you be the sacrifice? You know, why me? You know, I mean, I can just imagine how the conversation can go. But yet there is agreement. There is unity in, in this journey, right, to where Isaac was ultimately, you know, put on the altar for God. And, and let, me, let me just kind of uh, uh, point to some, 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 some words, some phrases that I thought was very interesting. Okay, so verse 4 says, then on the third day. Okay, so, so if you're familiar with the, the phrase third day, well, how, you know, in the New Testament especially, what happens on the third day? The resurrection, right? And so, so how do we live by grace you know, by grace through faith, through the power of the resurrection. Yeah, just saying, third day, very interesting. Third day is when they're ready, right? Almost like relying on the power of resurrection. And we see that that is actually the case, that, that Abraham believed that, hey, you know what? If God has to take Isaac, he can raise him up. I'll show you the scripture in a bit, uh, in a bit here, okay? The, the second thing in verse 5 I want to point out is that Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Okay, so, so, you know, now Abraham is doing away with the help. You know, now he's, he's taking the decision himself. And so I want to propose to you that in our life in submission, there is a time where you and you alone have to make the decision to obey God. You and you alone have to make the decision to say, hey, you know what? I'll walk in the Spirit today. I'll surrender to God today, right? I will not watch pornography today. Or I will not do whatever. I will follow God today. You and you alone. Whether you got the accountability partner calling you or you got the text message or my pastor didn't call me or you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, accountability. Yes, those things are important. But at some point, you and you alone, and me and I alone, have to make that decision, isn't it? Right? No one can monitor you 24-7 a day. Right? And here, Abraham says, hey, you guys stay back. We're going to go and worship. We're going to go and worship. The other thing that's so cool is that Abraham was also confident. You see, I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and then it says, and come again to you. Whoa. So... We're going to come back. We're going to come back. You see that? They're going to come back. So Abraham already had that faith. Right? Already had that faith. Abraham was full of faith. Abraham was full of faith. And so Hebrews eleven seventeen, we see how Abraham was, was, was praised in this area. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, tested, right? offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Isn't that cool? Abraham understood the power of resurrection. You know, isn't that, isn't that amazing? You know, I, I don't think resurrection was taught, you know, you know, Prior to that, but Abraham knew it. Abraham knew and had that faith to believe that God can even resurrect his, his son. Okay, so key point number five is we must learn to walk by grace through faith. Right? By the power of what? 
Myself? No, right? <laughs> okay, you guys follow me, right? Not by my power, but by the power of the resurrection, right? By the power of the resurrection, right? The difference is I can tap into the power of God that I can do things I normally cannot do, right? You know, there are things that are so hard to, get, uh, to do, and uh, God's saying, hey, if you walk in the Spirit, you can do them, right? Colossians 2, 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Walk ye in Him by grace through faith. Let's read verse 9 and 10. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took his knife to slay his son. So imagine, right, he's, he's ready, whether it's two hands or one hand. I, yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know whether that's the facial expression. I don't know what that facial expression looked like, but man, I, I cannot imagine what that would be, right? But he was ready. I mean, just like, he's going for it. He's going for it. So the ultimate part of worship requires execution. The ultimate part of worship requires execution. This is where the rubber meets the road, right? It's the time where you press the button and you know there's no turning back. Right? The missile has launched. You can't do anything about it. The, 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 the knife is inserted. You can't just go back. Right? It requires execution. And James 2.21 right, says that this faith was made perfect. That faith was made complete. You know, you're like, hey, I believe God. I trust God. But you never really followed Him. You never complete your obedience to God. That's not faith made perfect because real faith was, is followed by works and that works is complete. Okay, so James 2.21 says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Now this is not salvation by works. Pay attention. See if thou how faith wrought with his works is in tandem. Again, you see that? Faith and works go hand in hand because real faith produces work. And see if how faith wrought his work and by works was faith made perfect. And verse 23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and he was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Right? That's real faith from Abraham. And that real faith was made perfect when he was ready to do everything. Like this is everything that God has asked him to do. This was it, ready to go. Does that make sense? It requires execution on our part to actually do what God has asked us to do. So what is that for you? What is the hard thing that God is asking you to do that you haven't done it? Right? I can think of three areas that's normally very hard to do. Number one, it is choosing to love someone who may not deserve it or who actually does not deserve it. Okay, isn't it hard to love someone, maybe especially those who are close to you, a family member or someone that hurt you consistently and God says, love them anyway. That's hard to do. And then the execution of that is very hard. Do you agree? Right? The second one has to do kind of in the same way, forgiveness. Forgiveness is also a hard thing to do. Again, especially with close family members, maybe a parent, right? Maybe a, a best friend or whatever that close relationship is to actually forgive that person, like for real, right? For real, like, no, nah, I forgive you. You know, not, not that. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes people say things and they don't mean it, but real forgiveness, like really giving that away. We're good. We're good. God gave it that capacity. He forgiven me. I prayed. We're good. 
and that allows opportunity to be a friend again, right? To restart again. Again, trust and forgiveness, two different things, right? So you don't trust someone who continuously abusing you for whatever reason. That's not what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about forgiveness um, that, uh, that we need to do because God has forgiven us, okay? Or, or, or sacrifice something that God has asked you to sacrifice for. I don't know what that is, right? Maybe an offering, right? Maybe God asked you to surrender for missions. What if God asked you to do that, this mission focus, right? To surrender your life for missions, to give Him your life. I, hey, I got plans, I got, I got hopes, I got dreams, I got a career, I got aspirations, right? And God's like, hey, Joel, give your life to missions. That's a hard thing to do, right? Hard thing to do. You're like, but let's, let's look at the conclusion of worship. Okay, I've I, I given away the, the conclusion of worship. Genesis 22, 11 to 18, and then we'll close, okay? The conclusion of worship. And this is the part I want us to remember because worshiping God is worth it. It's, it's kind of where I'm going with this. Biblical worship is worth it. Let's look at the conclusion. You see that God intervened. Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, in case he didn't hear it, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. Twice he called him. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Right? His hope, his dream, his future. You didn't withheld that. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, so there's a lot in there. There's a, lot in, there's a lot in there, but one of the first things I want to mention is that worship results in divine providence to Abraham. Worship results in divine providence for Abraham. God provided a substitute for Abraham. You see, God gave the sacrifice so that we didn't have to. Right? And so, so you see, res worship results in divine providence. And then we see that worship results in divine blessing to Abraham. You see, not just to him, but others and generations to come. Because God has already promised him to multiply him. But yet, because he has done this thing, and this thing is to not withhold anything from him. You see that? Isaac was everything for Abraham. And he said, because of that, that in blessing I will bless thee. Isn't it? That's a lot. I don't know, uh, you know, do you know that God has an infinite bank account? And so when he said, in blessing I will bless thee, in multiplying I will multiply thee, I, I don't think I can fathom how much is that. Because God is not only rich, He's also very generous, right? And so, you see, that obedience of Abraham resulted in much blessing in his life, but then also other people's life for generations 
to come. Okay, so last point here is one man's worship. One man worship can make the world of a difference. Isn't that powerful? That your individual worship can change the world, starting with people around you. You know that? That's what we see in Abraham. In blessing, I will bless you. God already said, hey, you're my child, I will bless you. But you know what? Because of your worship to me, of your biblical worship to me, in blessing, I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply thee, right? I want you to have fruit that abound, right? And fruit that remain. God wants that from us, right? And so the question is, are we withholding anything from God, from executing the thing that God has asked us to do? I'm going to ask the, the praise team to, to come forward if the praise team is still here. Um, we're going to close, and I just want to give an invitation, right, for us to consider uh, the message, right? You can turn to the last slide there, okay? This is the invitation to worship. So we have examination, attention, submission, preparation, sanctification, execution, and then the conclusion of that is God's blessing. And I want you to interact with those questions for a minute, right? As we close, the, you know, the altar is ready, right? And I pray that our hearts right now will be prepared in a way that is broken and contrite because they are always areas in my life that I need to confess to God, isn't it? There's always area in my life that I need to confess to God. What is that today? And uh, man, let's, let's do that. Can we do that? Can we do that? Let me pray. And then uh, that invitation is open. We, we have a bit of time. Uh, so please, you know, seek God and respond to Him. Just like Abraham said, Behold, here am I. Right? Behold, here am I. Would you do that today? Would you do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for, for Abraham's example. Uh, Lord, it's uh, just an amazing uh, example that we can look to today and say that it is possible uh, to surrender all to you and it's worth it. Uh, God, I, I, I want to be like Abraham. I look at this passage and it speaks to me uh, in volumes uh, because sometimes there's hesitation in my life and to worship you fully. And Lord, I know in, in a space this big, I know there's always, uh, there'll be people that are withholding, withholding something from you, withholding you from getting their attention. Uh, so God, I just pray, uh, please, would you get a hold of our heart this morning? Would you cause uh, this morning, today, the day of repentance, uh, the day of worship, uh, that I would, you know, worship with expedience. Uh, Lord, please, uh, get a hold of our heart. We ask all this in Jesus' name.